Thank you for listening to Eclipse Epics. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 15, Errors, Omissions, and Epilogue. So now that we've finished the season proper of the very first season of Eclipse Epics, uh, Quintus Satorius Pompey's Professor, I like to take some time. I said a couple weeks, and it's been about a month um, since I recorded and put everything out to uh, be listened to. Um, I like to give it a little time to go over, you know, actually listen to my own podcast and the sound of my own voice and see if I made any errors, and I did. Left anything out, I probably did. I did. And we'll go over what I, how I think, think, how I think I did and how I can, I think I can do things better. Um, so be forewarned, this is a, you know, more off the cuff version and more on that, uh, later in the episode, but let's focus on the errors in at least four of the episodes that I did. There might be more that I missed, but hopefully I have a very, uh, in tune ear. So, Starting with episode 01.03, Castillo, Sulla, and Civil War, um, I said, let's get back to the Civil War when we were talking about um, Satorius' participation in a war that was not the Civil War. It was the Social War. That was earlier in the episode. It was around like four minute mark, three fifty if you want to be super precise. And later in the episode, toward the end, toward the seventeen mark, uh, seventeen minute mark, I started talking about suspending the constitution and today's constitution being a result of centuries of politicians picking away at at it. Um, and I mentioned a specific law, and it was the federal. Oh, I can't even remember what I called it. It was the Federal Insurance Security Act or something like that, not the FISA law. No, that's not what it's called. It's called the Federal Intelligence and Surveillance Act. And I I have no idea how I came how I came up with those four words for that four letter act, but I did. So um so those are the errors for that episode. In the very next episode, episode O point O 1.04, the Spiked Boots and Metellus Pius, I had said that Senna, I had said that uh, Marius met with Sulla in the Civil War. That is not true. He met with Cinna. That is, Gaius Marius met with Cinna. Close in, close in name, but not really, you know, in anything else. Um... And that's it for that episode. Moving on to episode 01.08, enter Marcus Properna and Metellus... uh, No, I I think it's enter Properna and Pompey proper. Um, I had said Pompey's father, Pompey Estrabo, died in the first Civil War. That was not true. He died in the second Civil War. That's it for that episode. And the last episode that I made an error that I found um, was in episode 01.12, The Dream is a Lie. Um, I had said that Quintus Satorius tried to kill Quintus Satorius. Not true. Um, 
I, what I meant to say was Metellus tried to kill Quintus Satorius. And the last error, hopefully, um, was I had said something about what Satorius could hope for. And I said something to the akin of, uh, so the best Satellus could hope for. Um, it, there's no such person called Satellus. It was Quintus Satorius. Now, it does not matter right now, if you're listening to this right now, if, uh, whether you caught or these mistakes you hear are, you don't understand where they are and you can find them because they're not in there anymore. I literally re-recorded those sections and edited them out and re-recorded new ones. So now we're all good. We're all square with at least those errors. Um, so with that out of the way, let it, let's kind of talk about like performance wise and maybe how I can make things a little bit better. Um, performances, uh, it was not great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a notoriously hard grader on myself. Maybe you guys thought it was better than I think it is, but I, I looked at it and I'm like, man, you, first of all, you sound like you're reading because I was reading and you sound like you're reading poorly because you read poorly. Um, and that is a key here that I'm, I'm going to try to change up the next, uh, series. Uh, I'm not going to read from a script. I don't know how I'm going to convey the information that I need to convey, but I'm not going to read from a a script because I feel I get too monotone and it's not like human almost. It gets very robotic in a lot of senses and I don't really like it. I'm going to try to go off the cuff as much as possible. I'm going to still write out a script and have my... uh, my producer edited it, which is going to be fun for him. Um, but I'm going to distill it into something I can remember and just read right off the cuff. Because I think that would sound better, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because I'm just talking to you right now. I'm working off of some notes that I jotted down. And I feel a little bit more comfortable And just the fact that I'm not like reading like... And then Satorius did this. And then over here, Metellus did that. This made Pompey mad. And Paperna's a douche. I mean, I had to throw that in there, right? (laughs) But, uh... So, I think uh, in the next series I'm going to do that. I'm just gonna try to go off the cuff and see what happens. Hopefully it works. So... Let's kind of talk about sources because I kind of alluded to some stuff and I kind of missed uh, some of these sources. So I had said that uh, I, and honestly, I base most of the series off of really three, make that four works. Um, I did The Life of Satorius. I'm going to try not to do that. That 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 lip smacking thing. I heard myself do that over and over and over again, and it's annoying to me. And I bet it's annoying to you at the same time. So I'm definitely trying to stop that. I I did hear that, and it is annoying as shit. Um. So, I I worked off of four works, and they were, the Life of Satorius by Plutarch, the first century Greek biographer. 
Um, Quintus Atorius and the Legacy of Sulla by Philip O'Spawn, who I can't interview because he died like seven years ago. Poor me. Um, and then it was Quintus Atorius and the Struggle for Spain by Philip Matizak. I might contact him. He's in Britain. So I might, I might contact him to say, hey, if you're ever on this side of the pond, um, and you know, cause I live on the East coast. Um, and he wants to talk. I would, I would gracious, gratefully, uh, talk to him. Um, I also rely for a more general background. I mostly relied. Wow. I was, I'm trying to fight off a yawn here. Um, I mostly relied on Mike Duncan's, uh, the storm before the storm, the beginning of the end of the Roman Republic. It's a good book. I suggest you read it um, and pick it up. Uh, paperback, hardcover, audiobook, all that stuff. By the way, speaking of audiobooks, if you want your audiobook to sound good, what I would suggest is go into the settings. And I'm going to do this myself and, and tell you. Because the way Audible downloads are, are specifically set to download stuff is... Uh, their normal setting or standard setting and that setting is crapola so if you go to the settings and you go to i believe the download settings you'll see download format if you choose high quality it will sound better trust me on that it will save your life it will not actually save your life do not come at me <laughs> come at me saying this did not actually save my my life and i'm um, I had drowned and I'm now going to haunt you for the rest of my life because that's not going to work. So I, I mainly relied on those four sources. So Plutarch, uh, Spawn, uh, Maddie, Zach and Duncan, but I did have some potpourri of other sources that I should throw out there that, you know, deserve, you know, a meant the mention in the epilogue. And they, and to be honest, I should, I should have mentioned these, from the beginning, but I forgot. Um, so I also read SPQR by Mary Beard. Uh, and that's a more of, I don't, it, it is a chronology of ancient Rome from uh, the myth, its mythical founding, even before its mythical founding, to uh, the reign of, I believe, Caracalla in 212 AD. Um, so. And it's more, it's historical, but it's also scientific in a lot of senses. She uses a lot of archaeology and science to back up, especially her points about early Roman civilization. So I found it interesting in a lot of senses. I was reading it for just kind of a background to kind of pair with Duncan, Um just to understand more of the time period. And I ended up, I think using, uh, I think I used two quotes, her talking about Romanization and her talking about Quintus Titoris. Um, also I used a master's thesis by this dude named, uh, I think his name is William J. Murphy Jr. Uh, it was written in 1973, uh, on the university, nope, on Michigan State university's campus the name of it is i believe quintus Atorius, a reluctant rebel um 
So, and then another source that I use, and, you know, I sprinkled in some of his stuff throughout, is Dan Carlin. You know, he did a episode or six episodes on the decline and fall of the Roman Republic called the death Rose of the Republic. It's available on his website. Go buy it now. It's very good. Um, so I definitely used a lot of what he said, um, in writing it probably, you know what I'm saying? Could be because I had listened to that, you know, 12 times or however many times I listened to it over and over and over again. Um, there is one source that I did not get, could not get my hands on, and I'm going to, if I ever decide to do anything like this again with Quintus Satoris, and I probably will, I couldn't get my hands on it because A, it was not available in the library system that I live in, and B, um, I wasn't going to shell out $100 for, um, it at all. I wasn't going to shell out $100 for that piece, and it's, uh, Plutarch's Victorious by C.F. Conrad. And I believe that Con- that Conrad spelled with a K. Um so yeah, that that's the you know the source the sources that I used and the ones that I missed. So if you have any arguments against me saying, hey, you're wrong about this, wrong about that, wrong about that, you know, and this is the dude that says it, I have not listened to Conrad yet. Or read Conrad yet. Um, because usually, well, his book doesn't, isn't available on audiobook, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, that's the first series, uh, the first season. Uh, I might as well talk about what we're going to do moving forward. I had mentioned a book club that is going to happen. When it is going to happen, no idea. The first book that we're going to do is by... Dun, 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 Dan Carlin, his first book, and it came out earlier uh, this week, well, actually earlier this month, late last month, uh, it is called The End is Always Near, um, and I've already read it or listened to it in an audiobook, uh, the person that I'm having read it, my former co-host, Chris Bailey of the Revisionist Podcast, um, he had, ju- I just delivered to his house, so he is last I checked 20 pages in so hopefully maybe by I don't know uh Thanksgiving's coming up maybe we can do it that nice very long weekend that we have um so hopefully um so yeah we're gonna do the audiobook on the end is always near so if you're listening to this and you want something to read and follow along with with the show um, I would suggest picking that up. Uh, I'm going to probably do like one book club in between series, depending on how uh, long there we have in between the release of season one and the release of season two. Uh, and right now it is November of 2019. I... And in the middle of research for season two, uh, I guess I will let the cat out of the bag and let you know, season two is going to be focused on the Soviet-Finnish War, also known as, more specifically, the Winter War, because the Soviets and the Finns have fought multiple wars, and the Russians and the Finns have fought multiple wars. The Winter War was a war fought between the Soviet Union and the Finnish Republic um, from 
late 1939 to early to mid-1940. Um, and I won't tell you why I picked that, but I'm telling you that is the reason I picked it. Um, we'll probably get onto the whys when I next talk to you when I, by myself, um, introducing that series. Um, so we have the book club. I'm going to try to set up some interviews. Maybe I'll contact Maddie Zach at some point. Uh, and that, that the book club and the interviews are to fill contact content gaps that we are going to have in between seasons because I have a full-time job that I travel an hour each way, hour each way, more than that, five days a week. And trying to research in between might become difficult, but it seems like that job might afford me some extra research time as well. So hopefully I can take advantage of that. So, on second reflection of the series, or the season that I just did on Quintus Satorius, I reached a conclusion that I didn't really realize that I would reach, um, or reach something, like, the most, like, the biggest revelation of the series was not that people consider Quintus Satorius one of the greatest generals of all of Roman history because he's just outside the top top 10 if you want to, you know, consider some random list on the internet to be, you know, any level of true. The biggest revelation of the series is actually Pompey. Pompey didn't fight another major field battle for two decades. And I don't know how many major field battles you want to, you know, consider or like put on Pompey's ballot sheet or or like you know like if we had a uh um pro war reference or pro baseball reference for war and stuff like that how many major battles pompey would have fought um i'm actually looking this up right now as we speak major field battles do do what we have for salos that's one um do we want to consider um let's see for salos for Salos, for Salos. It's all for Salos. So I'm going to say two. You know, two, maybe. Like two. Yeah. I think he fought. I think. I don't know how we're defining major field battles. I think it's in this period battles between like Roman legions and at. Saguntia, which I believe was the last battle of um, the last major field battle that um, Pompey fought. Um, I'm actually looking this up right now. Saguntia. Um, before the... Oh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Saguntia. The last major field battle that Quintus Storius fought and lost, um, which began his decline and fall, and the second to last Pompey fought. Um, so we only had two. Now let's compare that to the like 
everyone acknowledges, even that list I was talking about, acknowledges Caesar as the greatest of all time in Rome and maybe even all of antiquity and maybe even further, you know, further on. Uh, He fought over 50, like 50 to 2. Like, it's one of those things. And Pompey almost beat Caesar. That's the thing that I don't think many people really think about when talking about the Roman Civil War, the Caesarian Civil Wars, as some some people call them. Like, Pompey legitimately almost beat Caesar. And if Pompey had gotten his way and done the battle he wanted to do and fought the way he wanted to fight, he probably would have beaten Caesar and starved him into submission. And the world may know, may have known as, you know, Pompey as the greatest, not Caesar. I mean, maybe, I mean, Caesar's probably, you know, would have, he probably would have figured a way out of it, but Pompey didn't want to fight Caesar and he wanted to starve him out. And part of the reason he wanted to do that was, you know, losing to Quintus Satoris in Spain for like five years when he was 30. He was like, oh yeah, field battles, battles are not my thing. But this whole starving people out and out logistic, logistic, logisticking you, that's not a word. Don't, don't care. Yeah, I can do that, but I can't do this field battle thing. And I can't, especially can't do it against Caesar. And that's what he wanted to do, and he was forced in, at Forcelos into a battle by, from what the ancients tell us, ancient sources tell us, his, his troops, and also the Senate, who was right there with them, you know, with all their amenities um, with them. Imagining your justice, gruff military general, and right next to you is a bunch of rich dudes balling with BMWs and yachts and, you know, scantily clad young ladies just around them and maybe a little bit of a a white spot over their nose. That's my view of super, not super rich people, but super balling, out of control rich people. Yeah, I think that's the common view of them in some cases. Or you're just like Warren Buffett where you just like live in the same house you've lived in your whole whole life and just hold on to your money. and Or isn't he giving some of it away or something like that? Probably shouldn't have gone into that if I didn't really know what I was talking about. But, you know, that's the perils of letting me just ramble. Um, and who's letting me ramble? It's me. So um, I think I am done with everything I had to say. So, things to look forward to. Um, definitely a book club with me and my former co-host of the Revisionist Podcast, Chris Bailey. Um, that should be fun. We're going to try not to swear too too much, uh, but I can't really promise anything. Um, other than that, um, hopefully we can get the new series or season out in a... Uh, prompt and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, prompt and how about a prompt manner? And hopefully it's good. Um, I'll talk to you guys hopefully within the next month. But if I don't, but if I don't before then, please enjoy your Thanksgiving. And if I don't even before then, enjoy your Christmas and your New Year's.